folks. This is episode 10. We have made it. We're in double digits. I am thrilled and just so ecstatic about this. I don't even know if there's a word to describe how I feel. I'm just, I'm so pumped. It's just so fun. And today I've got a really special guest, just a great guy that I've seen so much growth over the past year with. I'm excited to hear his story. Before that, my shout out goes to my best friend, Abby from home. You know who you are. I love you so much. Thank you for listening to all these episodes and you just give the best encouragement and feedback. So I appreciate you system. My shout out goes to you. And without further ado, I would love to introduce this special guest of mine. His name name is Phil and some people call him Philip as well. Some people call him Big Phil. I'm excited to have Phil on this podcast today. Phil, would you like to say anything? Yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. And uh, sometimes people call me Cheese too, in case uh, you want to let people know that. Okay. And some people call him Cheese. All right. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Okay, Phil, I'm going to start off asking you the question that I ask everybody and that is what gives you motivation? Well, for me, Uh, My motivation has always been my family. They've motivated me, all the people back home that have helped me be where I am today. And um, although that's still my motivation, it's also shifted it a bit. And now I'm trying to hopefully bring people to Christ through my actions. And that, that really motivates me. Last November, when I went to church, I think right after Thanksgiving, my pastor posed the question, would someone looking at your life be able to tell that you're a Christian or not? And that really got to me because I get pretty good grades and I work hard and I do a lot of things, but people probably wouldn't be able to see that I'm a Christian just based off my actions and the stuff I did outside of that. So that really changed my life and the way I look at things. And that sort of changed my motivation completely after that. That's some really good motivation. I think that that's also really good with the platform of being an athlete to be able to share that with people. So I'm excited to see how that motivation helps carry you throughout your story. Following that, what are you going to be sharing with us today? I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my life and how I learned that your past doesn't define you. Throughout the Bible, God has used a lot of broken and unqualified people to do wonderful things for Him. Like in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. So I made a few terrible decisions, and um, I was going down the wrong path for sure. And I never really thought that I could escape my past lifestyle and I'm now making everyday decisions to change that and hopefully live for God. That is awesome. I'm intrigued to hear more. I think this is this is a good topic. I think a lot of people get stuck when they're going through trials, especially, but let alone when they've continuously gone through trials and then they're just like, man, this is gonna be tough to get out of. And so I'm I'm interested to hear how this worked for you and and I'm also very encouraged to hear how you sought the Lord through this. So I'm curious to see how you were led through this lifestyle. So starting off, I wanted to ask you, what's the difference of where you used to be and where you are now in terms of where you used to be in your past and where you are now going through growing in your faith with God? Yeah, for sure. So at my old school, where I began my freshman semester, I began going down sort of a wrong path because my teammates and the people around me sort of, we were in a culture where we did a lot of bad things, but we thought that it was bringing us closer to each other. And I sort of realized that that was wrong and it started to get to me. And even though I was starting and I was getting straight A's pretty much, 
after my sophomore year, I decided to put myself on the transfer portal and I took all my visits and this is the only school that I felt that I could really grow at. So I decided to come here and since then my life has changed a lot because God has brought a lot of great people into my life and people that I could relate to, especially because in the beginning, I really, I really struggled being around so many good Christians and everything like that that I felt like were perfect and had never messed up at all. And the way that I really was drawing closer to God was with people like my old mentor and my friend Nick, who played football at a different school in the past. And he made a few decisions in his past as well, but now lives a life that when you look at him, you just see a representation of Jesus. And that really helped me and inspired me a lot because I wanted to be a little bit more like him, if that makes sense because of the way that he acted and it helped me in my walk with Christ. So I'd say the biggest difference from where I used to be and where I am now is just probably a change of heart because I still mess up a lot. But now when I do, I feel so much worse about that than I used to. And if anything in the past, I'd be so happy about doing stuff that was wrong and I now try to stay away from that as much as I possibly can. That is really good. And I really like that the motivation that you shared in the very beginning was the exact motivation that got you to be where you needed, which was just following a person that was leading you by example. And that's what you want to do for other people. And I think that that's really encouraging. And I think that's something that people need to do more often because that's obviously going to show people Jesus's love and show people how to love other people. And seeing the fruit and the actions of your heart change is cool and has has been cool for the short time that I've known you. And so I think it's really encouraging to see you be acting out the thing that motivates you most. So hopefully that's motivating to other people too. Along the way and through this heart change, what have you learned and like what modifications have you made along the way? Well, it was really hard for me to try to become a solid Christian guy, mainly because it seemed so unattainable, and it seemed like everyone around me was so perfect, and they judged me every time I messed up. But when I came here and I met my mentor, Nick, he really helped me a lot. I would say a modification that I definitely had was having a personal, unaided devotion to God, because even with the help of my mentor, who left our school, I was always messing up when he wasn't around and I realized that I relied on other people to help me to God when really people are temporary and the only person that's ever going to be with you at all times is God and that's the only reason that you should do anything and not for other people. So when I realized that, I think a lot of my life changed as well because even doing things daily when I was on my own, I was trying to do the right thing and what I thought was right instead of just when I was around certain people. I think that's a really good lesson to learn and something to grow in. So I'm glad you, that you experienced that. And this is just such a good victory for you because it's kind of like speeding. Like, you know, you shouldn't do it, but the only time that you slow down is when the police officer is there and you can see them. But then like the moment that they're hiding and you're speeding, you get caught, then you're convicted because you're like, I shouldn't have been speeding and breaking the law, but it's because you got caught that you get tangled up. So essentially we shouldn't be waiting around for somebody to hold us accountable when we screw up and just like do what we want until that point. 
we need to be aware of our own actions and where our heart is at, and we need to be able to turn to God before we get to that point of being caught or by being called out for something that we're that's not acting upon the kingdom. And I think that's where we get stuck is that we wait till those moments that we get caught, and then that's when it becomes super convicting, and then that starts to pile up and can sometimes be more of a burden because of the big snowball that is created versus just taking it to God before it happens because we start to see our heart get triggered in certain ways. Your motivation is actually just such a good encouragement for people to hear about because like what other, like you have so many people around you, not just your teammates, but your coaches, your like athletic training staff, your professors, you have so many people in this platform of being an athlete that you can really speak to by leading by example. And I think you actually do a really good job of that. I think every time that I see you, you're always reading something of related to God, like whether it's the Bible or a storybook teaching you about the Bible or just like a book in general about God. I think that is that says a lot. You're very to yourself about it, but it's still noticeable. And I think that that's really cool. And you're just like teaching other people that it's important to to be in the word. And that's just, that's such a cool thing. So I applaud you in that because that's a good way to motivate others of, oh man, what's he reading? Or like, and then they talk to you about it and that's just like a a solid way to evangelize, you know, and just be like, well, let me just tell you about Jesus. And then anyway, when you were going through this change of heart and you had your past and how you were, and then obviously, I mean, you said that you still mess up now, but you still have a change of heart. What type of resistance did you feel along the way of you building this new foundation in your faith? Yeah, well... I mean, it definitely took a long time because I'm in my second year here now and I'm only really now starting to realize that my actions have consequences and when I when I do something wrong, I now repent and I feel so crushed about it pretty much just because I know who I'm letting down now and in the past that that just never even was a thought to me. And for me, whenever I would do something that I knew God wouldn't be proud of, I would sort of try to not even think about God in those situations where that's probably the type of situation that you need to talk to God even more than you would normally because I just felt like God was so mad at me or that I wasn't even worthy of being around or existing, you know, so... I learned that now if I if I do sin and I repent and I talk to God more, it encourages me to move on from that situation and learn from it and to not want to do it again. That's really good. And I kind of wanted to ask another question that is a wild card and it kind of banks off of a question I asked earlier, but I wanted to know what did you start to do in your daily practice that kept you on the track of running towards God? Well, for me, a lot of it is who I've been surrounding myself with. And um, I have a lot more people that hold me accountable these days than I used to. I used to be around people that sort of dragged me into situations that I know I don't really want to be a part of that encouraged me to do stuff that I just don't want to do anymore. And I'm now trying to surround myself with people that draw me closer to God and and I could grow with them. I've been trying to be involved in a lot more Bible studies and I now start my day trying to read a chapter in the Bible every morning and that sort of gets me off to a good start. And then I also have this daily devotion book that I'm reading every day and it just gives me a little bit more encouragement throughout the day. And I've been trying to talk to a lot more people that are more knowledgeable 
than me about certain things. I've been asking a lot more questions and I'm very grateful for all my teammates and roommates that do know a lot more than me and are able to give me the answers that I'm looking for and just to help me grow in my faith. I think that's probably the biggest difference from me now and me in the past because I was looking to surround myself with people that would help me satisfy my temporary wants and needs and stuff like that. And I wasn't even thinking about the bigger picture. And even though it might not be as fun to be around some, to be sitting in my room at night all by myself, just with a few of my roommates, instead of being at a crazy gathering or anything like that, doing the wrong thing. I'm glad that that I now have my priorities straight. That's so good. And I really enjoy hearing that coming from an athlete. And I I don't mean to say athlete as in like you are a part of a category of any of any sort but like what i mean is just that athletes are who i predominantly work with for my job so so athletes of any age i just see a common thing is that they're running towards temporary things because you've got so many things in your life that you are focusing on and you're you're told to do so many things in your time at your school or when you're playing that sport at whatever age level. And then on top of that, each day you already have enough on your plate. So it's hard for athletes to not run to those temporary satisfactions because they are so bogged down with so much that they need that escape. But I think it's very encouraging and and important of what you just said is that the only thing that could satisfy you is God. And I'm very glad that that's something that you have found value in and that you have made a part of your system because that's something that will carry you so far. And a lot of the times, I just don't really hear of it happening within undergrad, let alone college in general. I feel like I hear most of that break through happening after people have graduated and then they start to get their life under control and they have more freedom with their time and stuff. But so I'm glad that you have figured this out now and can just grow with the rest of the time that you have here. And and going off of that, I wanted to know, do you think that God is truly the only thing that can satisfy you? From my life and what I've learned through my experiences, I do. Um, And that's pretty crazy that uh, last spring during Corona and everything, when it was just me here and a few other people, and I was able to meet with Nick, all the time, we met, I think, two or three times a week. He told me that my chapter for the summer would be Psalms 16. And in verse 5, it says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. And I pretty much read that every morning, and it just didn't even mean too much to me until I really sat down and realized what that meant, that, that God is really all you need, and for me, at least, through my experiences, I learned that all the stuff that I did that made me happy for a moment or two, whenever it was gone, I felt 10 times worse. And it sort of was like a, a terrible cycle to be in because I felt like I needed to keep doing those things in order to just have confidence and be happy and enjoy my experience in college. But I realized that that's not what it's about. And God has never let me down. And he's He's really the only thing that keeps me going at this point. So I definitely, I definitely do think that. I feel like the hardest part is sometimes identifying our sin and the ways that we fall short to the glory of God. So when we identify those sins, we can give those to God and turn to Him when we start to feel like triggered in certain ways. And like you just mentioned, you felt like you had to continuously 
pursue these sins to get that like satisfaction out of it. And so if you had sins that you continuously kept pursuing, I think it would be unrealistic to say that those sins don't pop back up or memories of those sins don't pop up. So what do you do in those moments when you're reminded of specific sins that you kept turning to? Like, what do you do to turn to God in those moments? Well, it took me a really long time before I was able to really grow and see a bit of progress made. But I think one thing that really helped me is um, having a verse on hand for some of the situations that you might be put in that might tempt you to sin. And I have a few of those for different areas of my life that I struggle with. And it's important for me, at least, um, when I think about those things is I just pray a little bit and I ask that God takes those thoughts away from me so that I can just refocus on on uh, on what's important. I am going through a book in my small group called Respectable Sins, and we are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And it's like in those moments when we realize that we are sinning, that we are not actually continuing to pursue that sin, which is what is important. And it's also giving that to God, calling it out, and and asking God for help. And I think that's what's important. And then also just asking God to to shape your heart and change your heart and trusting God into making you become the person that he created you to be. And I think it's hard when people feel like they can't do that because they're already so deep in their sin or they are so, or they don't know where to turn to or how to turn to God. So I believe that this has been very helpful to give guidance of daily practices that are helpful in changing your heart and shaping your heart towards God and then surrounding yourself with people that are going to make you better and hold you accountable and encourage you towards God and not just your flesh. And then I also think too, it's just very important that like you said, Said, that verse didn't really speak a lot to you at the time because you were just reading it. Like once you sat down and really understood it and learned about it, that is so key because like the word is our literal guidance on how to read what God wants us to do and how he wants us to do it. And like tells a beautiful story of Jesus who is perfect and was our leader and our savior and showed us how to live the life we are supposed to live. So I think it's just cool to, to hear that and see how that's working out in your life. Because I think a lot of the times people can get stuck in wanting to do it or thinking about it instead of actually just doing it. And I think doing it not only works for you, but it also works for other people too. So I think that that's very encouraging and very cool to hear how you're seeing the fruit of these new behavior changes, which is really cool. Wrapping up, I think that you have already given a lot of guidance for people in general who might specifically be struggling with certain sins or with just sin in general. But do you have any advice that you'd like to give anybody that could motivate them to better their relationship with God? Yeah. So from my experiences... I learned that it's never too late to change your life and that you're never too far gone. Through the people that I've been around, I learned that it could very well be possible that you could be the only version of the Bible that some people may see, especially back home. I know a lot of my friends don't even know about the Bible, and when they see me, that could be the only thing they see that represents the Bible. So my advice would be to just love everyone and serve everyone, just do things that could 
possibly draw them closer to God through the way that you move and the way that you live your life out. And it's also important that you don't compare yourself to others because because you're not going to be at the same place as another person may be in their walk with Christ at that time. And that no one's perfect and it takes a very long time to change sometimes depending on where you were to begin with but it's possible and i think it's worth it to try your best to to change your life for the better and for me one thing that helped me is to realize that i should focus more on who i am and not what i've done because because anything in the past you can't really do anything about that but all you can really do is take the next step forward. So that really helped me a lot. Dang. I was expecting some fire, but like that is, that's so good. I'm very encouraged right now. I think that's so great. And I'm so excited for people to hear this episode and I specifically athletes. I think leading by example and like everything you said is just so good for anybody to hear, honestly, because once it clicks for you and you realize that you're so valuable in the eyes of God and that we're not perfect, but we're also so valuable at the same time, I think it's just like a beautiful thing that we get the opportunity to have a relationship with our God and He'll take care of us and change our hearts. I think life gets hard and when we're in the moments of feeling like we're in the depths and we can't get out or there's like a certain struggle that we have that we just need to give to God. Like he takes care of us and he allows us to get through things. And one of the verses I wanted to share, which is one of my just favorite verses, is Matthew 6, 26, which is, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? That rings a lot of truth to me because if we're going through something and we don't feel like we're ever worthy enough, it's just like if God can take care of everything on the earth that he created and loves everything on the earth that he created, he'll take care of you. And all he wants you to do is talk to him about it and like give your situation up to him because he understands that you're in a world full of sin and that you are physically living in your flesh and the enemy is constantly coming at you. But the moral of the story is, is that he's still a good father that loves you and will bring you out of what you're going through. He meets you where you're at. And and so once you start to change that and you can be around other people, you guys grow each other and then that starts to spread even more. And then I just think it's really good. So I'm excited for you, Phil, and just the ministry that you can look forward to and that you're currently in that will continue to grow because that's awesome and i'm really happy for you and just how you have gotten to the point where you're at now and i mean you can only go up from here and so i'm excited for you i think that's really cool that's really awesome do you have anything else you'd like to say yeah i just want to say thank you for having me and uh yeah i really enjoy this podcast so it means a lot that you let me come on here. Philly, you're episode 10. You're the first double-digit episode. That's exciting stuff. I I'm thrilled about that because I'm just cool. I think it's cool. It's a cool, it's a very cool platform and it gives me the platform to have people like you on here and share your story. I think that's cool. So thank you for being vulnerable with that and just sharing all the wisdom that God's giving you because I think it'll I learned a lot from it and I'm very encouraged by it. So I hope other people who are listening are too. So that's really cool. Folks. 
episode 10 double digits and then i think there's kind of a kind of a, a jump here because obviously you have single digits double digits and then you have triple digits so we're kind of far from the triple digits area but i think we'll get there i think we will i think we're rolling i've got a couple more interviews lined up within the next couple weeks and just i think this is cool this is pure fuego thank you for listening thank you for the feedback i love you guys and until next time this is the building the blueprints podcast